Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Wide Array of Sports Takes. I'm Andrew DiStefano. You can find me at SportsGuru716 on Twitter or at WideArraySportsTakes.wordpress.com. I post daily fantasy football content, hockey content right now. League of Legends, um, mid-January, I'm going to start doing that and um, watch all the games and live tweet and do whatever. Um, NASCAR starts mid-February. I'm going to do stuff with that also. But right now it's hockey and NASCAR. We're facing for most people it's the semifinals of their fantasy football leagues week 15 some people maybe if their league is run where week 17 counts it could be you know the first week of playoffs or whatever but either way it's an important week for fantasy football owners tonight the raiders and chargers play i put out my rankings i'm going to go over that and then i'm going to also briefly go over my second part of my um calf yeah not calf cap efficiency rankings for defensemen I'm going to take all the contracts from this past year signed since March 13th when regular season ended for teams that didn't make the extent uh, round robin playoffs. And um, all the contracts are ranked based on efficiency, what the player did last year based compared to how much money they're getting paid for this upcoming season. And yeah, so first things first, my rankings, um, quarterback, you know, for tonight's game, Herbert's a must-start ninth. Um, I mean, he's been a top-10 quarterback all year, pretty much. He's a must-start tonight if you have him, unless you have maybe. I mean, given that he is a rookie, there's a possibility that you did pick up one of these guys that are above him, like Wilson or uh, Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, Rodgers. You know. The list is here. Um, check my website, um, my WordPress post, and you'll see that if you click on the quarterback link, It'll take you to the quarterback page where my rankings are. Um, Derek Carr is a mid-quarterback, too. It's an early commitment for that. I mean, I'd hope that you'd have someone better on your team than De- Derek Carr going into this week. And right now, there's only two 50-50 guys and quite a few purgatory quarterbacks. Even Alex Smith is so far down. I mean, I had to put him in his own tier. Don't touch whoever plays for Washington this week against Seattle until we have a better idea of what's going to happen because Haskins took all the reps yesterday, but they still think Smith might play. So that might change tomorrow. Well, not tomorrow. I update this Saturday. Might change Saturday. Running backs. So between the two teams, there are nine players on my rankings that are in tonight's game. Austin Eckler, second running back this week. I think he's a must start, obviously. Josh Jacobs is 15th. He's a must start. Solid running back, too. Um, some people might draft him as a running back one. Either way, you got to play him. And Kalen Balage, I have as a fringe 49th guy on here. I mean, that's fringe. So there's a possibility that I, I mean, I've got four tiers of running backs here. Well, three tiers of running backs here. And the first, middle one is a lot of 50-50 guys. So I think there's a lot of better options than Kalen Balage this week. Ronald Jones is towards the bottom. I expect him to maybe move up depending on his health status. He might have COVID now, which would eliminate him for this week, and that would help a guy like Leonard Fournette move up the rankings. But, um, you know, for now, that's kind of the deal, is that's where, I mean, the only Tampa Bay running back is Ronald Jones at 47th. If he doesn't play, Fournette enters these rankings. Maybe LaShawn McCoy enters these rankings. There's a lot of 50-50 guys. I mean, Lynn Bowden, like I mentioned a couple days ago, I have him 36th. He's fringe. I mean, not fringe, but 50-50. Raheem Mostert, David Johnson, Damian Harris, those three guys usually are in our top 40, and this week they're in the 50-50 range because we don't know if they're going to play or not. 
and that's a big deal. I mean, you're going to fan this week in fantasy. You want to know that. Luckily, all three of these players don't play on Saturday, so you can wait and get a better idea for Sunday to um, you know commit to who's going to play for you. Wide receivers tonight. Keenan Allen is number seven, obviously wide receiver one. Excuse me, Nelson Aguilar. I have a high tier flex ranking on. I think he's the thirtieth best wide receiver, so that would make him the worst wide receiver three, or the a high tier flex option, the number one with the Raiders. Uh, he's definitely worth putting in your lineup. It's an early commitment to your flex. Maybe you do put him in your wide receiver slot, wide receiver three, and you go forward with that. And you know you have more options with your flex in case maybe a better wide receiver option. Like a guy like, um, I don't know, <sighs> just any of these guys ends up getting sick or something. Like, I don't want to put a name on who might get sick. That'd be awful to do. But, you know, you never know. Saturday every week we've had a running back go down with COVID the day before the game. You know, it could happen at any position. So don't commit your flex too early. Uh, Kiki Cootie might move up in these rankings. He's 36th. Um, C.D. Lamb and Sterling Shepard, they usually are up higher. I do have four tiers of wide receivers. Um, there is a wide receiver purgatory here. Marquise Brown might have COVID. Um, you know, you really don't want to touch these guys. I mean, I like Gabriel Davis as a player, but he's definitely high risk, high reward. Um, you know, mid-tier guys, there are guys like Russell Gage, who we don't know where he's going to fit by the end of this, because right now they have it that Julio Jones and um, they don't know if Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley are both going to play or not. So, you know, you kind of, you know, take it with a grain of salt on Thursday for these guys to determine what you're going to do. I mean, I did talk about Russell Gage this week as a great option if one of those guys don't play, but it is a wait and see and kind of. If you had one of those guys, you should add him because he does fill the hole pretty well. Tight ends for tonight. Um. This is probably the strongest position between the two teams at uh, uh you know for tonight. Darren Waller, second best tight end in the league. You definitely start him. And Hunter Henry is the seventh best tight end this week in the league. And I would definitely start that him. They're both in that like Waller is in that elite, you know, top four or five tight ends in the league that are unanimously started every week. And then Hunter Henry is on that second tier where you start him, you know, most of the time. You know, there might be moments where you see a better matchup and you might take him out, but you'd never drop him and, you know, beat him to the wolves on waivers. So, Kels, uh, Waller and Henry are definitely starters this week. The There's not many tight end ones right now. There's only 14. This is the least all season. So, you know, there's I don't have a lot of confidence in this position. I, I've said it time and time again, and I don't have confidence in it right now. Going into Saturday, I'm sure this is going to spread out a bit more, and I will have more tight end um, one options, I mean, to consider that become more clear going forward. But right now, I mean, Cole Komet is probably the you know last guy that I would consider as a guy you must really think about starting. Like Noah Fant against the Bills, not a great play. Jonu Smith, we don't know if he's going to play. You know, Jared Cook is a mixed bag. Zach Ertz is a top five tight end, but isn't getting the opportunities, but he could be a top five tight end at any time. Irv Smith, I like a lot, but we don't know what he's going to do. So, you know, tight end is an enigma, but luckily for tonight, if you have Waller or Henry, you won't have to worry about it because you pick tight ends that you don't have to worry about playing. 
So that is my football rankings. I will update them again Saturday for the games that are on Saturday this week and talk about them more in depth. On that day of who to play and who not to play, I'll do my pick your poison segment and um, you know go over my rankings and how they're updated according to injury reports. So that's that. And now my NHL cap efficiency offseason 2020 rankings for defensemen. Now, obviously, I don't go over all of these guys because there's literally like a hundred names here, and we're not we're not doing that. So, um, Mark Pesic has the best deal. Uh, he can play both wing and defense, and for near league minimum for what he did for the Panthers last year, the Stars are getting a steal. Um, Victor Matei, I think, is the second best guy. I think for near league minimum for a third pairing young defenseman that Montreal have to play next to Romanoff or um, Ben Chirot or Joel Edmondson, that's a great deal. I really like the top four guys, Dermot and Siegenthaler. I think a guy like Spiza for what he's getting paid is going to provide a lot, you know, and then, I mean, the list goes on and on. There's plenty of names here. Um, like I said, it is based off of what I thought players did last year and ba- Based off what they did last year, and they take into account what they got paid this year, was an efficient use of cap space to sign this guy based on what they did the year before. Um, you know, this for Sabres, Brandon Montour is in the mid-40s. I think that his deal is slightly worse than even Zach Bogosian's deal with Toronto. I mean, Bogosian isn't that great, but Bogosian also got paid $1 million, where Montour got paid almost 4 for pretty much the same thing. I mean, not pretty much the same thing, but, you know, they might do different things for the team. But at the same time, like, Montour is supposed to be a top-four defenseman, but on our team, he doesn't get that opportunity. So, really, you shouldn't have paid him that much. I think that deal is better than Alex Pietrangelo, who is the best defenseman this past year's free agency, but he got paid like it. He got paid almost $9 million, and now Vegas is struggling to figure out how to field a team because they don't have enough cap space. Well, you shouldn't have signed the guy. Maybe you should have held on to Nate Schmidt who, um, you know, got paid less. But yeah, so this list is kind of that like that. I got Montour on here. Matt Irwin was one of the worst contracts for defensemen, I thought, 64th. He's better than what the numbers would indicate last year, but I have to, you know, st- stay true to how I was doing this. Um, analytically, he's better than that, but he's probably our seventh defenseman this year. You know, two-way contracts, I think... Anthony Potato is a great contract for the Rangers. I thought they should have just signed him and not Jack Johnson. Although Jack Johnson's contract is nice for what he did last year with Pittsburgh. I don't believe that he can do much more than what Potato is going to do and could do. And for half the price, that would have been a great deal. Um, so, yeah, there's quite a few guys that were signed to two-way contracts this year. 39 players, actually that had um, played last year in the NHL or, you know, anything of the sort. And then there were, you know, 16 players that never have played an NHL game a day in their life for the regular season yet. And I have them listed also. I like a guy like Lucas Johansson. He might have gotten paid $700,000, but I think for what he could do in his career, that's a good contract. Even guys like Sean Day, who at 15 years old was a huge player, literally in Canada. So he got, you know, exemplary status and was allowed to play in juniors a year earlier than his age group and stuff like that. And, I mean, he's barely panning out. I think he's 
played in the East Coast Hockey League a bit last year. I mean, he's worth a flyer for Tampa Bay, but a guy like that, you know, if you end up going to the East Coast Hockey League as a skater, your chances of making it out of there and being an NHL contributor are very, very, very slim. I mean, it happens, but it's a very, very slim chance. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But like I said, I mean, he's 14th on the bottom tier of my ranking. So, if you want to look at that, look at that, you know, players that you might, you know, like or have on your fantasy teams or, you know, players that you just, you know, oh, I like Ryan Graves or, oh, I like, uh, you know, a guy like Jacob Zaborol or, I mean, just thinking random names that are on that list of players. So, if you like this kind of content, tomorrow I'm going to do the forwards, and then I will have a top 20 center list, not fantasy, just in general. I have a fantasy list that I'll post later. Um, centers, wingers, defense, goalie, and top 25 players, 25 or under. I'll have those lists probably out next week. But stay tuned for that stuff. Come back tomorrow for more content. I'm going to do... You know, a recap of last night's game, maybe a second injury report, like I said, I was going to do, because I think that that's very beneficial. Even today, my injury report from yesterday is getting more views than my rankings. So player people are worried. You know, I saw a lot of cues on the um, injury reports today. So it's, it's not great. Um, thank you for listening. If you liked it, like it, share it, retweet it, do whatever. And I hope you come back tomorrow for more content.